0: This episode is brought to you by ProPulse Speed Trainers, created by the mad scientist himself, David Weck. Now, in my 20-plus years of evaluating athletes, there was always one thing, one thing that I could look at and tell you if this athlete was going to be sick or if they were going to be an R-coordinated mess. And I could tell you that in about five seconds. And what was it? It was the way their upper bodies moved in sync with their lower bodies. If they were in complete and total sync, I knew the athlete was going to be sick. You've always heard, look at this guy's arm angles. Look at the way the violent arm action, the way this guy runs. Well, those were always the best athletes. Now, what David Weck did is he created these little miniature weights that are about 12 ounces each that you can hold in your hand. And inside of those weights, he has these little beads. And when you run and when when you're pumping those arms, when those weights are pumping those arms, you can actually hear with those beads if you are on the right rhythm. It's actually sending a signal to your brain to say, yep, I am in pace, I am in rhythm, and it will instantly get your upper body and lower body in sync. If you want to become like Michael Jordan, Randy Morse, LeBron James, Derek Jeter, watch these guys run, watch their sick arm angles, get yours today. Go to shop.weckmethod.com. That's shop. W E C K. That's weck, method.com. Put in the code WMA two seven zero. Again, that's WMA two seven zero. It will get you ten percent off of any item that you buy. Go and get yours today. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, I'm going to be bringing you a Six Minute Monday, where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. End. End. I'll give you a recap of what happened at this weekend's Tag Team Challenge. Okay, tip number one. It's an exercise tip that involves safety if you're training, especially if you are training alone in your home gym where there's no spotters around. If you're training alone, always have an exit strategy. So very recently, uh, Mrs. Mahoney, my wife, has decided that she wants to add more weight to her lifts, which I like, and she's decided to incorporate heavier barbell back squats, which I kind of like except she was doing it without doing them out of a rack. So in our garage gym, I have a power rack, but we have I don't barbell back squat, and she predominantly chains at, trains at a regular gym now. I train at home, she goes to a, a local gym. I don't have the power rack set up for back squats because I don't back squat. I don't front squat, I don't anything squat. Right now I'm just trap bar deadlifting, but I have it set up for barbell bench press. So she takes the barbell off of the rack with the bench still inside of it, she puts weight on it, and in the past, she had done lighter weight, so she was able to overhead press the barbell, put it on her back, do her squats, and it was so light that she could overhead press it off and then RDL it back onto the ground. But now that she's using heavier weight, she can't do that. So anyway, so she's in the middle of squatting in our garage, and realizes, oh my god, I am now unable to overhead press this thing off of my back and get it back to a spot where I can RDL it back onto the ground. What do I do? So what does she do? She has to like, basically walk backwards across our garage, do a hurdle over the top of the bench, and then throw herself into the rack that is not set up for a squat, that is set up for a barbell bench press. So <laughs> the safety tip is here is, especially if you're working out alone, have an exit ex- strategy because there's no one going to help you. There's no spotter there. And if you're going to heavy barbell back squat or front squat or anything squat that involves a barbell, please, please, please use a rack. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. So people have, uh, especially in advanced training, they've heard about and are starting to use our propulse. I'll call them shake weights. I'm starting to incorporate them into my gym warm-up. So if I'm doing a side lunge, I'm using the, the propulse. If I'm doing a forward lunge, I'm using the propulse. And really, what I'm experimenting with it is letting my arm initiate the action before my foot does. So really, I'm starting to... Push my arm, say I'm at a lunge, I'm throwing my arm down, and I throw my arm down, it's moving my other leg forward. Or if I'm gonna do a side lunge, I'm throwing my arm across my body, and then it's moving that other leg. Puts it's actually helping me project myself to the side based on that rhythm. Or sometimes I'll do things like a drop squat where I start in the top of a hankling position, and I drop into a squat, I'll start with a shake wig at the top of my body and then poof drop to the ground. I don't wanna hear that shish. From the weight. So that's something I'm experimenting with right now. It's definitely changing the way my body is connecting, especially on that lunge where before I used to just, my arms would be a secondary thought. But now I'm starting with my hand right at face level and I'm literally throwing it down. So say my right hand is forward. I'm throwing it down and now it's driving my left leg forward. I'm sorry, my right leg forward. So I throw it down, boom, that other leg comes up. Give it a shot if you have them. If you don't, just get a pro pulse. I, know, I really don't know why you wouldn't. It, it's, it's not that, that expensive, especially for the people I know that are blowing $50 on appetizers that would probably kill them at a restaurant. Get something that's good for you. All right, tip number three, a quote that I'm thinking about. This one is from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says, if you encounter a man of rare intellect, you should ask him what books he reads. I'll ask that again. If you encounter a man of rare intellect, you should ask him what books he reads. Now, why am I thinking about this? I don't know why. I know why I'm thinking about it, but I don't know why for some reason right now I am in the process of working with like five or six people on books that, that they're reading that I've also read that have changed my life. So at work and training, there's about five or six different people. We've had certain conversations or there's just a feeling that I have to say, hey, you need to read this book. And they're, they're reading that book now, and with each of them, we're starting to talk through the book. We're starting to talk through a chapter of the book. Uh, I, I just feel like I've read so much in my life that it's almost my duty to share some of the knowledge that I've read with people that I truly care about and think can benefit from that thing at that time. Now, this does not make me the man of rare intellect. It just – for me, it means there's a lot to be gained from the books. And – for me, it also means they're going to become the man of rare intellect by reading the book. Now, I don't just want to tell them what's in the book. I feel like they need to experience it for themselves. Everybody's going to be connected to a book differently. Also, maybe they experienced something I didn't, and maybe they teach me a little more. And maybe I become the rare man of rare intellect. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, one of the best ways to do it is to read. In fact, most, if not all, the most successful people I know with, the most interesting people I know... They read a lot of books, and maybe I find them interesting because they read a lot of books and I'm a nerd, but I feel like that's a a really good way to grow. It's a good way to think. It's a little different than than watching TV. Uh, It's it's just so different when you kind of experience it as you're reading and it's triggering through your mind. And also when you're reading, I think I heard Huberman say this, you're actually talking. You're talking to yourself as you're reading, as you're reading the words. So it's a very different way of learning. Alright, that's it for now, but again, great quote by Emerson, and to the people that have taken the time, that first step to read certain books, uh, I love it, I love it, you're taking that step, let's grow together. Alright, tip number four, tip number four, something I've watched that, that's moved me, I've seen it, and I can't unsee it, and I think it was an MRI, it came from Huberman, I talk about this guy a lot, but it showed, I think it was an MRI, looking top down at a head, and it showed the eyeballs moving left to right. And what he was explaining was is that this is, it's a, that the eyeballs are actually an extension of the brain. And that's why he puts so much focus on getting light, true sunlight in the beginning of the day, and true sunlight at the end of the day. I've also realized, as I was looking at that, that it's bad to have your eyes exposed to light at parts of the time when it should be dark. Meaning, if you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you should not expose your eyes to this light from your phone. It's going to ruin the rest of your day, and I know for a fact, for me, that it has. I've said before, I've had dreams where my mind is racing. I need to get my mind off of what I was dreaming about, so I've intentionally went on Instagram to look at something to not think about what I was dreaming about. And I never felt better after that. I've always felt worse. Even though I wasn't dreaming about that thing that was driving me crazy, I've always felt worse if I started looking at Instagram at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning. It never felt good. So what I started experimenting with, I guess it's going to be my experiment too, is uh, I just put sound on. I'll listen. Maybe I'll listen to a comedy show or some sort of therapeutic music, but I won't look at it. And just by listening, even if I don't fall back asleep, say it's 2 o'clock in the morning, I will just breathe, and I will listen, and I will feel infinitely better than if my eyes were on that screen. And I'm blinking it back to what Uberman showed. Again, the eyes are an extension of your brain. Okay, tip Number five, tip number five. This is a productivity tip. If you want to change a habit or a bunch of habits in your life, I would highly recommend that you only change one habit at a time. You may need to change ten things in your life, but only change one at a time because it's really hard to change multiple things at the same exact time, especially if they're in the same area. Maybe they're all in the fitness world, right? If you have a bunch of fitness habits that you need to take care of. Maybe they're grooming habits. I don't know. Just change one at a time. Then when it becomes a habit, pick up a new one. And if you have this list of ten, try and focus on the one first that will make the rest of them easier. Right? If they have ten habits, if there's one that can make the other nine easier to do, fix that one first. Again, try and fix one habit at a time. Okay, tip number six, the strangest thing I saw a week. This is a strange week. There was a couple of things I saw a week that were strange. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two. First one, I am running on at Bloomingdale Park at six... A.M. on Friday morning, and there's been a lot of carjackings going on in Staten Island and a lot of robberies, so I'm like, I'm vigilant. I'm also scared to death of dogs. All this is important. So, three guys are supposed to come running. One of them bails that morning. Another one bails that morning. Another one I just don't hear from. So, I don't want to run in the park, so I decide to run in the street because in the park, people walk their dogs without leashes. And more than once in Bloomingdale Park, I've been chased and I'm scared to death of dogs. So I decide to run in the street. In that park, there's hardly any lighting, so you can't even get advance notice if a dog is like 100 yards away. So I decide to run in the street, and I am hyper vigilant of people walking their dogs and hyper vigilant of someone trying to steal my car. So as I'm running, I, I kind of hear something, and I kind of kind of hide behind my guard, I hear something, I don't know, I hear like I think a dog's leash, and I'm so scared of dogs that I can hear a dog's leash from a very, from really far, even if there's no light, and I see this guy with a hoodie on, listening to music, loudly, paying no attention, and he's walking his dog, and I'm like, ha, what a jerk, not even paying attention to his dog, uh, bad guy, right, I'm like, and his dog's probably off a leash, but it wasn't, he was walking his dog great, and his dog was on a leash, so I thought, okay, he's alright, but. Whatever. Maybe he's trying to steal my car. I don't know. I can't see the guy, and he's got a dog that I'm scared of. So the other part of the story is because I'm worried about my car, and I'm like trying to hide my keys in a certain spot, but I also don't want to lock my car with my phone in it because a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, my car key died. It just died. And luckily, I knew how to get back in, but I'm always worried that if my car key dies and I don't have my phone, at the time, there was nobody home in my house where I could even walk home. My wife's at work. My mother-in-law was away, so I'd have to, like, go to get my parents to come and get me and then whatever. Long story, but I didn't put my phone in the car either. I put my phone on top of the tire of my car. Now, why would I do that? Well, one, I'm running by my car. I don't want to leave it by itself. Two, I put the phone on my tire. I put my keys on top of the phone, saying, okay, I'm not going to – because it was raining out. It was a little wet wet out. I didn't want my phone to get wet on the ground. I didn't want to leave it in the car because I thought my car was going to get uh, – I was going to get locked out of it. And I put my keys on top of it thinking, you know what? If if, uh, somebody – if I'm going to leave, I'm going to pick up my keys. I have to leave my keys. I'm not going to forget my phone. It was a good plan until uh, Tom Galley actually shows up to the workout, and Tom Galley – uh, he's about 10 minutes late, and he knows the runs are like 20 minutes long, so he missed half the workout, but I, I just wanted to go back in my truck to get my shake weight so he could do, do something with him, the propulsors. So I go back into my truck. I have to get my keys off my phone. I then don't put my keys back on top of my phone. So this is a well, long way of saying that. Let me take one step back. I'll leave you in suspense for a second. As we're running, that same dude walks back around. Different dog. Different dog. I'm like, this is weird. This guy trying to jack my car. Why is he doing two walks with the same dog, with a different dog? This is ridiculous. So anyway, Tom Galley comes. We do the workout. I grab my keys. I drive home. I get home. No phone. Oh, my God. No phone. (laughs) Get back in my car. Drive back to Bloomingdale Park as fast as I possibly can, thinking I, I had to run my phone over. The phone was on top of the tire of my car. I had to run my phone over. No way I didn't. I get back there. Who's standing by my car waving me down but the dude with the dog but this time with another dog. This dude turns out to be the nicest guy on earth. He's like, man, I was waiting for you. I didn't know what to do. I knew, I had a feeling you'd come back. I was even thinking of leaving it on my front porch. You could attract it. He's like, uh, I wanted to stay here to make sure no one else took it. I was like, this guy is a savior, and he's got a third dog. So here I was, jerk, judging this guy, because he was walking around in a, a hoodie listening to music. But meanwhile, he's an awesome dude. So I'm a moron. So dude, I don't know who you are, dude. I'm sure you'll never listen to this podcast, but... You're a good guy. Uh, Thank you for saving my phone. Thank you for hanging out. And by the way, for anybody that cares why he had three different dogs on three different walks, he's got three dogs. They're all pretty damn big. And I guess smartly, it's hard to walk all three at the same exact time. So good dude, good man. And as uh, Billy Blanco would say, God is good. So thank you, sir. You saved me a lot of trouble. I'm a moron on many levels, but that's that really gave me confidence in the world. There's a million things that guy could have done. He could have just been on his way. He could have left my phone there. He could have stole it. He could have done anything. Could have thrown it into the woods. He stayed there and waited for me to come back. So, God is good. So if you hear this story, pay it forward, be good to somebody else and don't don't judge a guy I'm, I'm thinking too when I walk my dog I wear a hoodie I'm doing the same thing he is I'm a moron I, I, I'm just like hyper vigilant about getting my car jacked or getting attacked by a dog that uh I'm quick to quick to judge people so I'm an idiot and the guy was the nicest guy on earth okay tip oh the second craziest thing that happened all week we are training at advanced training uh we're at the park the next day Saturday morning we're in the middle of our workout and some car just pulls up into the parking lot. just stops right in front of our workout and is staring at us. And I I think I said to Gally or Shalasi, like, who is this guy? Why is he staring at us? I don't know who he is. He gets out of his car. He's walking slowly toward us, and he's, like, looking at us. And I'm like, "Uh, what's up, man? He's like, what team do you play for? I said, we don't play for any team. He's like, why are you out here doing this stuff? I said, we're just old, washed-up meatheads, and we like to compete. I said, we used to be on a team. He said, used to be on a team. I said, Yeah. I said we used to, a lot of these guys were college athletes. They used to compete. We just want to just keep competing, trying not to get old. He said, How old are you? I said, I'm forty-five. He said, I'm forty-five. He said, I'm still I still play every sport. I said, Man, you're better than me. This is just my way of, of keeping some keeping young. He said, I, I want to compete with you guys. So I said, Look, man, we're here every Saturday morning. You want to come, we're here. The door's open. Uh, we my phone was frozen, so I couldn't even like take his phone number. I gave him my Instagram handle. Sorry, Armado, bad marketing by my part. I don't even know what it is, but he, he found me on Instagram. He reached out saying, like, yeah, keep competing. I gave him information about advanced training in case he wants to join us. But if he actually joins us, this may be one of the sickest things in advanced training because this is what we are. We compete, and now it's a platform for guys who used to compete formally to come back and still compete. This is why we have tag team challenges. This is why we have the belt. This is why we do what we do to give guys that edge, a sick edge, mentally, Physically, emotionally. So this guy has the competitive edge. To, he, wasn't, he wasn't going into that park to work out. He was driving by. He pulled in. He sat and watched the beginning of the, cha- the tag team challenge that we had from his car in the parking lot. I hope he thought it was up to snuff. I don't know. But if he joins, that's pretty sick. I don't know anything about this guy other than that. I just know that he had the, the will and the bravery to get out of his car, talk to us, and talk about that. Now, if he does it, that's sick. He's our kind of guy. He's our kind of guy. He belongs in advanced training. That's, uh, that's pretty sick. All right. So much for the tips and tricks. Let's get into what happened at this weekend's Tag Team Challenge. So, once again, we had an unfair number of people between one team and the other. This week, Bear Islands got six guys, and uh, Captain Joe Marechko's team has two. And as, as I've said many o' time, planning is useless. The act of planning is priceless. So I have an entire challenge set up that is not set up for six versus two. Now, people had told me they weren't going to come, but I was supposed to have six versus four. Six versus four is a lot more fair than six versus two. One guy, Sarno, he's banged up. His hip hurts. He's like, Coach, I just can't do it. So, fine. He tells me that morning, no problem, Sarno. I get it. I know you're banged up. I know you're not soft. He's the furthest thing from soft. I get it. Uh... Gretzko, no show. So now that his team only has two people there. So now it's six versus two. And the challenge was supposed to be in the middle of this, this field that we operate on. There's this big giant circle. We were going to have people do a half moon. So start with a prowler, do a half moon, tag it off to somebody. They're going to do the prowler back. They just do that. Let's just – I'll make it up for right now. I was going to pick the number uh, when I got there based on turf conditions. But let's just say it was six times, right? Let's just say it was six times. And the first team had six people. Each of them do one half moon. Life is good, right? One guy does a high handle. One guy does a low handle. One guy does a high handle. One guy does a low handle. But now, with a team of two, I'm like, I can't ethically make them do this because it was a scorched earth day. The prowler wasn't going anywhere. And what am I going to do with these two guys? They're, gonna, they're not going to make it out of here. And as much as I love competition, I don't want people to legitimately put themselves in a bad condition. Uh, Like my wife, Barbell, back squatting with no rack and no spotter. Anyway. So... I'm thinking on the fly about how to change the challenge. This guy introduces himself to me in the in the middle of my thought process of how I'm going to change the challenge. So I'm a little whacked out. And my decision was, and I also have in my head the physical 100 where they did what I'm about to say. I had in my head. So I'm like, okay, we have a pretty cool little station set up during a workout. Let's just use this. So the station has three parts to it. It's a 5-yard slider. You get up. You push a heavy, heavy prowler, 5 yards. Then you get up, and you go to another slider, and you slide 5 yards. So it's 5 by 5 by 5. So here's my thought. They got 6, te- six people on Bear Island. There's 2 people on uh, the Marechko team. Let's make this interesting, but it, it can't totally be fair. And I want to make some element of strategy. Uh, I want to add some element of strategy to it. So what do I do? I say, all right, you guys are going to get into your tag teams. We're going to go in a best-of-seven series head-to-head challenge. So we're going to put two guys head-to-head, and they're going to see who can do this little station the fastest. Now here's the catch. Here's the catch. Each team, they get to pick who they want to compete against. Here's the other catch. You can't pick the same guy to go more than twice in a row. And for the Bear Island team, they can't go twice until everybody else has gone once. right? Because I don't want them to keep picking... Uh, we're going to keep going against Galley. We're going to keep going against Gally, Right? That's not fair. Right? Or we're going to keep going against Cortesi. That's not fair. So Bear Island, they have six guys. The other team has Shalacy and Cortesi, only two guys. In my mind, this will be interesting, but it still gives Bear Island an edge because they have more guys. Now you may say, Coach, why didn't you add some sort of other penalty to these guys because Moretzko was soft? Well, I was going to, but also Eppinger. He did not tell me he wasn't coming to the session. He told Baraji and his team, but he didn't tell me. So I didn't give him a soft point, but I still felt like it was an equal – I don't know. It, it was equal in my mind that two guys didn't tell me they weren't showing up, so I didn't add any extra bonuses. And in my mind, I thought, this is going to be interesting because how many times in a row can Shalasey and Cortesi go before they start to get jelly legs? And the way we laid it out. So the Bear Island team got to pick first who they wanted to go against. So let's just say they picked Cortese. That means that, or they, so let's just say they picked Chalaisi. That means Chalaisi will never ever get to pick who he wants to go against because when Cortese goes, he gets to pick who he wants to go against on Bear Island. But then when Bear Island goes, they're always going to have to pick Chalaisi because Cortese cannot go twice. So again, it's going to be a best of seven head to head challenge. Each team will alternate who they want to go against. Winner gets one win. Uh, and it's whoever, whatever team gets four wins first wins. So Bear Island gets to choose first. They say, We want Galley, our superstar, our guy, right? This is Slippery Galley. He's awesome. We want him to go against Shalasi. And uh, here we go. So Shalasi goes. I think he gets like a, a little under 13 seconds. I think he gets like a 12.54. Then Galley goes. Everybody's like, All right, Galley's got the win. Boom! Galley goes, and he gets like a 12.78. So right out of the gate, Shalasi sends a message. They go against Bear Island. Boom! And they win. So now Shalasi gets the win. They're down 1-0. Cortese goes next. Now Cortese gets to get pick a guy from Bear Island he wants to go against. I think, I got to check my memory here. I think he goes against Wallen, beats him. So now they're up 2-0. <laughs> now they're up 2 nothing. when they're supposed to have... I don't know. It, sh- it shouldn't have been that way, right? Because they didn't get to pick. Now, th- they didn't get to pick first. If anything, it should have been 1-1. to If you pick, you-, you better win. But now they're up 2-0. So now they're like, okay, all right. Bar- Barron's like, all right, you beat Galley. Let's try this. So they put Jimmy Yuski against Shalasi. Because remember, there's only two of these guys, right? There's only two of these guys, and they got to go again. So Shalasi goes. Uh, he gets like a, like a round of 12-5 again. I'm making this up, but it's pretty close. Yuski goes. He gets a round of 12-5 again. Too close to call. Draw. They got to go again. So now I'm thinking, all right, how again, how many times can the Shalacy guy do this before he gets jelly legs? He goes again. He knocks out like a 12.22. And Yusuke knocks out a 12.7 around there. Either way, now the Marechko team is up 3-0. (laughs) 3-0. So we're getting ready for round four. If the Marechko team wins, they win. Which is unthinkable, right? They weren't supposed to win. They only have two guys. They're going multiple times. They might have jelly leg syndrome. And uh, Armado is on Bear Island. He's like, I know they're going to pick me. I see them eyeballing me. I know they're going to pick me. He just walks to the station and waits. Cortese says, we want won Armado. Barrazi screams out, he's already there. He's already there, man. Armado goes, and he rips off like 14 seconds. Which is, for him and where he's come from, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good time for him and where he's come from. Cortese goes. He knocks it out in like 13 seconds. So now, (laughs) that's it. It's over. They sweep him. It's done. 4-0. That's it. Competition over. They sweep him. Craziness. So now, controversy begins. Coach Mahoney made this too easy. But again, Bear Island team, you guys had every possible thought here. If, If you wanted to win, you had to win when you made your picks. And maybe, just maybe... If you put these guys head-to-head enough times, maybe they're worn out by the 6th or 7th round and you get that victory, but you lost. And also, these guys did a great job. Shalazi, Cortesi killed it. I called it a heroic effort. Yuski said something I can't say on a PG-13 but I thought it was a heroic effort by both of these guys to go repeatedly. Also to mention that in Cortese's first round against Wallen, he had to stop and redo it because uh, when we were setting up the drill, we forgot to add sliders. So he did have to go like back-to-back, right in a row, and still won. So now we get into the the that, that team. I get a name, by the way. Moresco's team. They, those guys get their three points. They have to pick who's going to go head-to-head. So they pick Armado versus Wallen going head-to-head. Armado versus Wallen. And Wallen goes first. The guy really loves to cheat. Uh, he's good at it. Like, well, before he starts his sliders, he's like fully in a stance and gives no indication that he's going to go and that he goes. But he thinks. The guy thinks. <laughs> he thinks that uh, I'm not going to have a quick enough finger, but he goes. He's fast, but I'm faster with my finger. And he gets it in like 14 seconds, beats his other time. But then Armado goes, and he gets it in 13, like point six or 13.8, beats his time. So Armado really killed it. He killed it. Uh, I mean, like I wish he would. He said, "I wish i have done this the first time. I wish you, wish you, wish you would have too, man. It would have made it more interesting." But he kills it. He gets his win, and now Armado is at the top of our of our point list right now. Right last year, Armado did not make the playoffs. I think he had eight or nine points. Right now, he's four and zero, and has twelve points. So good work, Armado. What a difference a year makes. Right now, you're sitting tied first with Joe D'Erridita. Then they put Galley against Baragi. Baragi goes, and he knocks out like a 13.22, which was also better than his first time. Then galley goes. The same Gally who lost. The same Gally who lost with a 12.7 comes in and gets the best time of the day with a 12.18. Now some would ask the question, not me, some would ask the question, was he milking it so his team intentionally loses, they get no points, and then he gets the head-to-head win, and he gets three points. I don't know. Is that why they call him Slippery Gally? Or did he just get better after having repped it out? Now, guys were saying, I, afterwards were reflecting on it. I'm like, I don't know how guys didn't get tired. How did you not get tired? I got tired during the workout after I did it. But the guys were saying, now, you get better at repping it out once you do it. But then I thought about it when I was, just now, actually. You've been repping it out all workout. We went through five cycles of that. Why are you getting better now? And one thing I did notice, guys, is that when I was looking over during your drills, you weren't going as hard than when you were competing head-to-head. Now, that's the whole point of competition. When there's a stopwatch, you're going to care and you're going to go a little harder. But we are eating the captains. So that's why we don't do as much volume in our movements. That's why we don't do too hard movements in a row. We wave the drills up and down, up and down, up and down. One's intense, one's not. One's intense, one's not. So kill it during the workout because the workout's going to be short. And maybe, to your point, maybe you're priming yourself for the actual competition because we are we're getting that central nervous system going. We're getting the motor units going. Kill it! Don't leave anything in the tank because we don't have a lot to give. It's a short workout and we're, we're waving it up and down so you have time to recover. All right, people. Oh, I forgot to. Yeah. So, sorry, Armado is now in first place. Wallen got his first loss. Baraji got his first loss. Galley is still undefeated. And uh, it's, what's also nutty is that if you miss a week of training, a lot can change. You can go from a two seed to a five seed real fast, and that actually, that happened to a few guys. Dardino was sitting on top by himself, and now he's tied for first because you get three points for a win. All right, everybody, that's the end of this week's session, and two, two fast things. One, if that dude shows up, you're going to hear another whole podcast on that if he joins advanced training. And two, uh, if you can, please just click on the link, support one of our sponsors, buy something. They support us. Help, help support them. All right, thank you. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty, electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.